Howdy, my name is Leah, and this is A Secret to Lifelong Fans, a podcast where I talk about how creating strong community and special moments for your fans will give music artists job security by turning those fans into dedicated lifelong fans. I've been teaching myself music marketing while recovering from a traumatic brain injury to keep my brain engaged until I return to my 9-to-5 corporate job. To kick off the launch of this podcast, I'm going to be explaining the visibility to superfan pipeline, which is literally just the marketing funnel, if you've heard of that, that I've stylized for music fan engagement, and how to move your audience through that pipeline. Then I'll go over how artists can use branding and storytelling to connect with the right audience and find the people who will resonate with your music. And I think it would be helpful to add some detailed insight on my professional history as it relates to music marketing and the process of how I went from my brain injury to teaching myself music marketing to launching this podcast. In future episodes, I'll be discussing case study examples of artists who have awesome marketing strategies, and I'll practice creating my own strategies for artists um, as an exercise and to, to illustrate the process of creating those strategies. So if you want to learn how to apply your favorite artist formula for audience development and fan engagement, follow the podcast for new case studies every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern. Let's start with branding and storytelling. So like a lot of creative people, I used to have a really bad relationship with marketing and businessy stuff and sales stuff. I thought the purpose of it was to box something in and to take all the fun and creativity out of it. I just thought it was totally inauthentic. I had seen marketing be used deceptively and as a way to like kind of push people into buying things that they may not buy on their own free will or to like talk people into things that seemed very manipulative to me, specifically in a bad way. If you have felt a similar way or identify with some of those thoughts, I would say you're not alone, but I also want to share with you some things that have changed my mindset, and I'm really glad that I've learned that branding and marketing is actually a really creative process, and it's kind of like its own medium of art where you can express the emotion and your message and your purpose, everything that you're doing with your music, you can kind of like translate that into these other mediums, which is really what branding is. And that really, really excites me. For an example, let's take something really simple. If you're writing a breakup album, you think, well, okay, I'm creating these vibes, this emotion within the music that's expressing all of this heartbreak that I'm feeling. But then when you turn that into like music videos and album art and um, social media posts and all these other types of communication that again are not solely just the music, you have to figure out what's the best way to demonstrate that and then if you add the message and purpose of your project get people to kind of understand who you are if you can find a way to communicate that appropriately and effectively then it's automatically going to signal to people that might end up liking your music and resonating with you as an artist they'll be able to recognize that before they even listen to your music and having that effective marketing and branding can help them convert from someone who's just hearing about you to putting in all the effort of getting excited to go into their Spotify app and type your artist name in, go listen to your music and check you out. 
and like any type of knowledge or power, um, the principles of marketing, I think, can be used for good or bad. And then, of course, that's still subjective of like what people think good or bad is. Personally, I think it's really fun to build a brand and an audience based off of the emotion and message behind a band. And the way that you can do that is this is a moment where I really wish this podcast was a visual medium, um, but I guess I'll explain that more when I talk about my brain injury um, and why I am really sharing this info in podcast form. So um, if we think of three circles all right next to each other lined up horizontally, um, the first circle on the left, that can be your project, your music, and then the next circle in the middle is your band. And then the circle on the other side of that is the audience and the people who are going to resonate with you. But when when you're just starting out with your music, you don't have that audience. So if we think about it as like a math equation or um, a puzzle where you have to fill in the pieces, we can take that music that you have and then build a bridge to the circle with the brand and really like analyze, deep dive, what is this music about? What do we represent? What is the purpose of this? Basically, just keep asking questions about who you are, what you're doing, uh, what you believe in, what your values are, um, what type of things you align yourself with. And then after getting all of that information, choosing what out of these things do we want to choose to represent us as a band and what out of these things will effectively communicate to other people that will be interested in us and then that's how you create your brand and then you'll need to build that bridge from the brand to your audience but again if you don't have an audience how do you create an audience well it's kind of simple because you just take that brand and then decide okay who is going to appreciate these things and make a list of that from all that information that you have in your brand and then you can have like some type of idea in mind of who that is. So if we go back to the Heartbroken album, it's going to be, what, people who are heartbroken? That's a group of people that will identify with that. And the reason that this is important is because, and this is something I've learned in my own career, and I've seen it happen firsthand over and over and over again. If you don't know who your audience is, if you don't even just have, like, again, in this situation, it would be like a hypothetical guess of who's going to resonate with your music if you don't even have that type of idea then you're kind of just like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and that's just like not really strategic or kind of think it's like that saying uh, if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything like if you don't if you have an idea of who you're looking to attract then you'll just kind of lack whoever and it will be harder to make those really, really strong connections to have a super dedicated fan base. And if this sounds vague because I'm not uh, applying it to an actual artist, um, in my next episode, I, I actually will be doing that. I'm going to be taking a band named The Home Team and I'm going to be taking their music, their visuals, everything they've built up their brand so far. I'm going to define an example of what their brand is, audience would be attracted to that brand. And then I'm also going to create a TikTok strategy that I- so if you would like to see an example of that, please follow the podcast and um, be on the lookout for that coming soon. So if 
strong branding and knowing who your audience is is important for every stage throughout the visibility to superfan pipeline. Storytelling is going to be the biggest factor in converting fans through that pipeline. So going from visibility to listeners to fans to super fans, which which I haven't fully laid that out yet, so bear with me, but stories are extremely compelling and a great way to get people to care about you. Um, so attached to great stories and anything. And once I started paying attention and noticing that, like it's so true. And I think that even when you learn that, you sometimes uh, overwhelming or you think that you need to have a really complex story or this like really strong emotional pull in your story. I don't think that's true. I definitely don't. Compelling is that you're being vulnerable and if you're being authentic in your vulnerability, I think that really resonates with people. And I kind of worried about how I would tell my story as I'm applying my career skills into like a different industry. I'm like, oh, who to believe in me? How do I tell my story? Blah, 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 blah. And it took me like four or five tries of having some type of tagline or like purpose or whatever until I got to literally, I'm teaching myself music marketing while recovering from a brain injury. That's the most simple like that's just what's happening to me <laughs> but it sums up my story so it doesn't have to be like some crazy intense thing so if you're trying to find your story i think some important questions you can ask are where did you come from where are you now and where do you want to be um, if you're building your story around yourself and your music is based off of a personal brand that's going to be the key to your story and right now we know fans are so about authenticity so I would really lean into uh, whatever way you decide to tell it make sure that it's real to you but you can also tell a different story you don't have to have it focused on a personal brand um, some examples have been you could do world building um, which is stuff that like the gorillas daft punk dance gavin dance has done that with the robot saga where they've kind of told that story through song titles and music videos and they're creating this world for their fans to hold on to. It's I think it's the same concept as why um, people who like Star Wars can literally talk about Star Wars for hours and it's because of all the stories and the lore that's all put together and it's a story um, that is attaching yourself to a cause. So like political bands would be an example of that, like Rage Against the Machine, or it really could be any cause like mental health. There was a super group a post-hardcore supergroup called Sufferer that uh, formal partnerships with like some type of association for depression and it's like literally this like is a route of how they got themselves and they said a lot of people reaching out to them who were not familiar with any of their bands because again it's a supergroup um, or had never listened to heavier music and they were like wow I, I really appreciated this album and what it did for me this is amazing and I think that's an example of how storytelling and personal connection to someone stronger than just the sound and just like the genre and community that you're already a part of. So if you have a more niche selves to this brand because they want attention and their music is so bad that they're not going to get attention if they don't do that, um, they're doing that because, again, it is a niche sound. 
it's not going to get you as far as if you align with something that's that's a very authentic partnership and they also uh, part of storytelling is that as your brand grows and changes and evolves because over time everyone grows and changes and evolves you have to make sure that your audience is keeping up with you and that you continue to communicate those changes and the evolution otherwise you're really at risk for fans being confused or even upset and then that can lead to disinterest and like falling off my favorite example of this which i will talk more in detail in future episodes is if we compare miley cyrus's career to taylor swift's um known for being pretty crazy and wild and having these weird eras where she's just like doing crazy stuff and always changing and everyone's kind of like why is she so out there like why is she doing all this crazy stuff however with taylor she's made some crazy changes she first remember we went from country to pop and then still after like 1989 100% pop album the aesthetics are like white and light and fun relatable and then she switches to reputation which is all black and dark and even the music influences have changed and this is the closest she gets to maybe like rap and then from there she does another 180 you think how can you again do something so opposite but she puts out lover which is all rainbows and bright colors and celebrating people's individuality if taylor swift is doing these massive crazy changes why don't people think it's weird like miley um and it's because taylor is so in control of her narrative and telling her story and she makes sure that the fans understands what what's happening and that's the key so to continue telling the story um, you want to ask yourself what does the audience know about me already like before plastic hearts um Miley's marriage and divorce to Liam was really really public the, the public knew about that like we knew about that they're like a breakup album or something that like logically follows after divorce so however there wasn't anything like going on in the public sphere to really indicate that she was going to be changing genres to this like 80s influenced rock so to tell that story for us like she had to communicate that with us and she did and she did that by cover songs within that style and genre during that time period for like six months before the album came out and then when the cover of the song's called heart of glass everyone's begging her like miley release a rock album oh my god this is like amazing miley we love this we love this for you so she spent all and then when plastic hearts came out people understood it people got it people were rooting for miley because of how she was able to tell that story and that was you know, definitely different than what she's done since her bangers era. So those are pretty much the basics. Evil, you do not have to stoop to shitty ways of trying to sell your music um, or make a living. You can just, uh, there's a win, win is happy, the fan is happy, and there's like a healthy amount of money in the bank. Like that is possible and that that is what I want to accomplish with this podcast. That is my goal for the future. That, like, I want to help artists achieve that. Where, you know, you don't have to feel like you're um, compromising your creative vision. Um, but you're also, you know, coming in a way that's, you know, not harming or negatively affecting your mental health or your fans' mental health. That's something that I believe. Okay, so if we take what we've got with 
the brand and storytelling, we can apply that with the visibility to superfan pipeline. It's the process I created based off of the marketing funnel, which every industry has their own version of the marketing funnel. And then every business model or even like specific business might have their own specific version of that. So I took the marketing funnel and I stylized it for um, the end goal of having dedicated lifelong fans who are going to support you with their money and word of mouth support for years and decades to come. This funnel is really the core component of all of marketing because the point of marketing is to get someone else to do what you want. And again, this case, it's to become a dedicated lifelong fan who will give you money and support you. And having those fans will allow you to make your living through your creative vision and making your music. The funnel goes from someone who doesn't know you to someone who is just hearing about you. They first discover you all the way until uh, they become that dedicated super fan. So it's kind of the process of how that happens, what the steps are to becoming a lifelong fan and why it happens and also strategies that you can use to convert people along each step of that way because understanding this pipeline will help you make compelling content on social media, give you more effective ads when you can identify what purpose that content serves. So let's go with the first step, visibility. So this is converting someone who's never, ever, ever, ever heard of you. And the goal is to make people aware that you exist and that you make music. Ways that you can do this is by posting on social media. Um, someone can see you at a live show or on a tour poster or on their friend's Instagram story or when their friend has an aux in the car or maybe their friend is like, hey, you should check out this band any type of interaction where they are made aware of your presence and now you are on their radar kind of and one crazy statistic in marketing is that for any brand it takes on average five interactions of visibility before someone decides to go out of their way to find out more information about you and think, hey, let me discover what this is all about. That's not even five times until they buy something from you. That's five times until they even decided that they want to figure out who you are. So if we take that into consideration, uh, we can think about how many posts we'll need to get people to know about you. Or even when you're promoting a new album or a new single, ways that you can create vi visibility for yourself is to post on social media, play live shows with people, um, collab with other artists in music or videos or on social media. Uh, you can also run ads. There are many ways to get this type of visibility. Once people know that you exist, you want to turn them into a listener or a casual fan, someone who regularly interacts with you and is like fond of you. Maybe they follow you on social media. So to create a listener out of visibility, the basis of that is it's what you decide to do with your visibility opportunities. Like if you're posting stuff and it's not compelling, it's not effective, people don't want to watch stuff, then you're not going to get a listener. So you need to make sure that your attempts at visibility are also going to be effective. One of the most important things you can do is get your music in front of other people instead of asking them to check out your music. Like 
if someone doesn't know you, why are they going to do you that favor? And why are you asking for them to go check out your music if they have no idea who you are? It's important to show your value first. And so I recommend putting a video that includes your music as a pinned type of content on all of your social medias so anyone who stumbles across you can very easily hear your music right away. And this is taking advantage of a principle called show, don't tell. Again, instead of telling people, hey, you should do this or this is really good or oh my gosh, this is so amazing, you'll love it, show it to them and then they'll see how amazing it is, they'll understand it and then they'll be like, wow, I like this. Um, And then it's their idea instead of like just something you told them because people don't like being told what to do. So show them what is so cool about you, your awesome music, and then they will be compelled and excited to uh, go listen to your music, stream it, and put it on some of their playlists because it's their decision that they're making. I could talk forever about the concept of show, don't tell, because once I learned about that, it's so extremely obvious in any aspect of your life. You can use that in your relationships with your family, with uh, your friends in business and literally anything you do. Always show, don't tell. Once you've got a listener, maybe they're following you on social media, they're keeping up with you. How do you convert someone who cares about you into someone who cares about you enough to support you with money? Because people want to support their favorite artists with their money, but Usually you need to feel a connection or feel like you're getting enough value in order for that exchange. And this isn't, if this sounds like super transactional and taking all the special moments and the excitement out of the creativity, it's not. This is all like on a more subconscious level. I think marketing in general is crazy because like it's stuff we don't really notice day to day. So once you start noticing all these things, it's crazy to like see how much they ring true. But yeah, people just need to feel value. It's a more natural process where they're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And then they're happy to support you. So just show value, give your fans value. You can do that by telling your story, sharing your cause, sharing your beliefs and your values to find the people who align with that and will be able to build a strong connection to you. That's why cohesive branding throughout all of these different mediums is important because if you don't just have music that they like, but you can like show other things that represent you and show that you guys have even more in common than just your amazing music, that's going to build the relationship faster. So now you've got a fan who cares about you, supports you, they've come to some shows, they've maybe bought some music for you. How do you get them to stick around after your music stops being a cool trend? The music industry is always changing. So maybe your main like social media platform is gone or like when Warp Tour ended or like when MySpace stopped being cool. Does anyone remember from like 2011 to 2000, even a little bit in 2010, but 2011 to 2012, artists who got really big and popular on MySpace, a lot of people were struggling because it's like, what's next? So anyway, (laughs) that was kind of a tangent. But the way to keep people caring about you um, is to build a strong community and to create special moments for your fans. And this is what I'm trying to share to help artists become financially independent through their music. 
these two things are so effective and will just like skyrocket you. So how do you build community? Patreon and Discord are really great for community and they provide a space for your fans to interact with you and support you. There's also the way that you interact with fans on social media, like that example of can if someone says something really awesome, you can just create a TikTok video and be like, oh my gosh, thank you. Wow, like a more deep appreciation than just a quick thank you. Um, and then that's going to not only attract other fans, it's not only going to attract more fans down that funnel and down the pipeline it's going to make those fans feel special and um be a part of the community which leads me to creating special moments the more special moments you can create for fans or even just honoring special moments and like providing the chance for one like taylor swift um again queen at these two things she brings fans to her house for a listening party before her albums are released Obviously, not all of her fans are going to do that. She does, what, probably between, like, probably around 500 fans for each album release. Almost like winning the fan lottery, but just knowing that that's, like, a chance for you or seeing her do these, like, very special things that are over the top, that creates special moments. And so the key to special moments is just going above and beyond, doing something that you're not required to do, but doing it anyway to add more value to the fans and to make them feel really special. I think there's so much creativity that you can put into this step and so many cool things that you can do. This part is really all about creativity, making things fun for you and fun for the fans. And when you, if you can create really strong boundaries with your fans, this part would be really, really fun, right? One important thing that I'm going to try not to fully get on a tangent about is that I think the reason that these two steps aren't as widespread as they should be, um, especially for artists at Taylor's level, because Taylor has a slightly different business plan that I will talk about in a future episode. Or I think I said business plan. I meant business model. Hers is slightly different and she has different dynamics. But it's not. this isn't as widespread because it's not in the label's best interest. Because when you're creating strong community and special moments, like I said, it creates dedicated lifelong fans that go past trends. So that's giving the artist so much power. And then next time you go to like do contracts and stuff with people, it makes you stronger. So the record label in that specific instance doesn't want to give you that much power because it's power that you will have over them. And I think that labels are really helpful for a lot of things, but this is one of the reasons it's important for artists to be educated before they start a relationship or sign a contract with a label. It's so important to understand the dynamic between you and the label and between you and the other artists on your label because every year when the label budgets, they have like a specific budget for all of the artists and that's like a total sum amount so all of the artists on the label are fighting for their piece of the pie so if you have a strong community and special moments for fans it will help you get a bigger piece of the pie it all comes back to understanding how to use your leverage um, but this will make you super super powerful and will keep you in control of your fans and your income and like i said the whole part of this is to give you a little bit of job security and make sure that you're able to pay your I hope you've enjoyed my brief summarization of branding, storytelling, and the marketing funnel as it pertains to music artists 
uh, getting lifelong fans. So now I want to set up some background on myself, my history, the brain injury, how this podcast got started, all of that jazz. So uh, this really starts the summer of 2020. Uh, We all remember (laughs) not a great time. I work for a corporate office of a hotel enterprise. 75% of my office was furloughed. We were all doing like the same. We were all the same department. We were doing revenue management. I was furloughed. I thought that like not only was I losing my job, you know, my entire industry was like (laughs) doing so terribly. Things were looking bad. I had no idea. This is like my first job out of... um, college like I had just gotten my interview and then it was taken away from me because of COVID and the furlough um so a lot was happening to me I also had mono at this time I ended up having mono for like eight months of 2020 and I had no idea what I was gonna do or like what was going to happen but during this time I had this like epiphany what I do in my job is extremely similar to creating a campaign for music marketing and I guess it's similar to creating any type of marketing campaign, but music is really like the only thing that I care about besides like snowboarding and flowboarding. So when I had that realization, I didn't know what to do with it. And I stopped having mono, I got my job back. And then one day on May 25th, 2021, I was living my life. I had just like moved to the beach, loved my job, loved my life, was ready for an amazing summer 2021. I was walking home from the beach during my lunch break at work and um, I was hosing the sand off my feet so that I could go into my home without sand and when I stood up after turning off the hose, the hose is like underneath the stairs outside, stood up and hit my head into the stairs and I was like, wow, this hurts. Okay, it flashed forward. They're like, you have a mild concussion. And then after three weeks, a month, two months, things were not healing. I could not do anything. I couldn't even drive. It took me six weeks to be able to write with like a pen and paper. Clearly, this was not just a mild concussion and I had other shit going on with me. When I started being able to write, I had been thinking and I remembered about the way that I had thought that uh, what I do for work is really similar to marketing campaigns, music stuff, and I decided to kind of like pursue that further and just like really spend my time learning about the music industry and learning about marketing because I do not have formal experience training education in those areas. I have, again, some of my work experience like overlaps and I deal with a lot of um, similar things to marketing and I grew up like listening to music being very very involved in like my local music scenes why why aren't artists doing this like this would be such a good idea um I didn't know that that was like possibly a skill uh, to be able to like help artists make good decisions which I'm not saying that like uh artists can't like do cool stuff but I think I just think there's so much unreached potential at this point and I've always been able to kind of like see all of this extra potential and all of these possibilities that like artists can be doing to like engage fans and like grow and especially now that the everyone knows like artists have tools like there's so much that you can do on your own people are figuring out actual business models and how to like structure their art their music projects to like have a career and there are like a lot of possibilities to give an example of how what 
I do at work kind of overlaps uh, with marketing and creating a marketing strategy is that creating a marketing campaign is the me- is the scientific method, right? Like you research, you come up with a plan, you do it, and then you review it and whatever. That's the same thing that I do for my hotel clients. Revenue management is the hotel and airline industry's version of pricing. That's why like the prices like always change based on like the days and whatever. It's a different science or practice than like what actually like pricing is. Like pricing is a specific science and this is a different thing. So they ended up calling it revenue management. Process that I go through with my clients for creating strategies is the same like scientific method. So I analyze data um, when we're like determining like what to price for a specific weekend. I take all the data that I have on the history of this hotel, like what types of guests show up or like what whatever is like relevant from this like complicated analytical data, figure out what it means. And then I also pay attention to this is where the marketing stuff comes in. I pay attention to consumer trends, market trends, every industry. There's like people kind of like have an idea of like what their audience or like consumer is and like different profiles of different consumers and what their like needs are. So in the, in the hotel industry, we have that. We have like leisure guests versus business guests and some other different types of guests, like um, different types of groups. And um, we kind of like know certain patterns of how they behave, what types of things they value, what they want. So I'm taking into account all of those different things, as well as like any other relevant information about the market and also the branding of the hotels because right like the different consumers want different things and then hotels have all these different brands like if you look at like Hilton or Marriott they have more than like 15 different brands and they're all for different types of guests um and the stuff that they offer within those hotels are all very carefully curated to the guests and a good example of like a situation that sometimes happens is if I'm with a brand that is focused on business travel, they probably won't have a free breakfast. So on the weekends, if you're in a market where there's not like an overwhelming amount of leisure guests, it might be helpful to lower your room rate price a little bit so that when you take into account that people, these leisure guests are going to be paying for your breakfast in the morning, um, the price overall of their stay with the room and the breakfast will kind of even out. And that way you have at least like some money from that occupancy and take all of that data. And then whatever situation you're in, you kind of like decide what that strategy is for the example I just used. It would be like lowering your, lowering your price uh, for weekends when we're looking for leisure guests. Then after you put it in place and you review what worked, what didn't work, is this helpful? Should we do it again? And I fully believe the most important part, there are like two most important parts of the scientific method when it comes to business. The first one is like make have to know who the audience is because if you don't, you're just sticking things up against the wall and not knowing that can like, you can actually make decisions that will hurt you rather than help you if you don't know what they value or don't know what they want. Then when you're finished with it, you have to understand why what you did works and why what you did, or if it doesn't work, you have to know why it didn't work. Because again, if you're, if you don't know why, then you can try to recreate something that if you create it under the wrong circumstances, then that can be bad. And then you'll be like, well, it worked before. Why isn't it working again? And you won't understand because you don't know why. And sometimes like just by, you know, going through one cycle or doing one strategy, you won't, you won't necessarily know why something works 
or it doesn't work all the time. Like sometimes if you look at data, it can be like really clear what it is. Like if you're looking at social media and you have analytics for like a TikTok video or um, a YouTube video where you can see where in the video people are watching more and where people are like dropping off, then you can like go look back at where people are dropping off on that video and be like, okay, there's something wrong with this specific part of the video what could it possibly be? Is there something that's really boring here? Is there something that's not engaging enough? The more you like go through the cycles and like try to fix and experiment with things, then you kind of like build up that formula for learning. And when I was talking earlier about how artists versus record label and what's in each of their best interests. So when the record label is finished doing this process, like I said, they don't have to keep applying it until you get better because they're, they're obviously invested in your personal brand if you're on people, but they're also juggling between all these other things. Like, again, they can just, like, end your contract or, like, do something or some other thing. Or um, a more common thing is just giving you less resources for your next project and not pushing you as hard as they did before. That's why you can start, like, new projects and stuff, but you're, you are you. Like, you are always going to be the person that has your best interest in mind. You have to like be able to take control of what you're doing and have people around you that have your number one interests in mind when it comes to uh, doing the scientific method, trying new formulas and new um, new strategies. You know, decided to learn how this works, thinking that maybe it would be really freaking cool if one day I could help some of my friends who are musicians or um, music that I really, really believe in, like how can I help um, these bands or these musicians grow? Still healing. I'm not back to work yet. Um, leave. I've been on leave for a really long time. I do not know how much longer my employer will um, keep me on leave um, before deciding that uh, they don't want to wait for me to come back. I am looking forward to go to going back and I want to stay employed because I love my health insurance. I love having health insurance. It's amazing. I don't want to lose that. Um, but because my brain is not healing in my, my brain is not healing fast enough that will allow me to do my work and go back to work because all the stuff that I've been doing and studying and like planning for this podcast, I've been I've been using primarily my phone and also my iPad a little bit, um, but I still cannot use a computer. I can't type on a computer using like a mouse or trackpad is difficult. And just like looking at that bigger screen is difficult for me. At my job, I have three screens set up where I'm like constantly looking, like analyzing complex data and like looking at all these like crazy graphs and numbers very quickly and the brain can't do things like quickly and I again can't sit all day like writing reports and typing emails that's just fully like doing that against three screens and like having like a fully booked like eight hour day that is so far away from like anything I'm possibly able to do um writing all this stuff um phone for social media and um what I'm doing so far with music marketing relating related stuff um, has been accessible to me. So now I'm thinking, hmm, uh, I'm going to keep doing this because right now this is what this is what I can commit to do. And I do not know, like I've been waiting, I'm almost eight months into my injury. So I do not know when uh, able to use a computer again. Like I 
you'd think after like a month or two months or three months um, at this point, I just, I don't know. Um, I'm focusing on what I can do, which is uh, continuing learning about music marketing. And in October, I got to a point where I really, I was like, okay, I've spent time like I've been listening to podcasts. I've been using ability features on my phone to do text to speak so that it can read me articles about marketing and I can like write them in my notebook um, because I stuff that I've done to learn and fill in. I basically uh, in all the knowledge gaps of like, okay, what do I not know about the music industry? What do I not know about marketing? And when you don't know about stuff, you don't know what you don't know. Um, I was like, okay, I know there has to be KPIs. Like what are the important KPIs in marketing, which is like how you measure things. Like if you've heard of like rate, like that are used within um, marketing and then know about, like I mentioned this earlier, the leverage aspect um, and dynamics between artists and labels and artists and other artists on labels and like all the different players in the music industry, like how, what are the relationships between each one? Because when you know that and understand the leverage, then you can like really use that to help you um, know how to branding and like with fans, you need to know who your audience is. When you're like in the industry, you need to know who your audience is. So you need to know what, what is in their best interest and when can you use when your best interest and their best interest is aligned to help you guys uh, like what be on the lookout for that and avoid all that stuff so I wrote down all the stuff that I didn't know I figured it out um, obviously some of those things that I just explained about the music industry are very complex and I learned that music industry is so so complex uh, but that's really exciting to me and I have learned a lot um, I think I have a good understanding about those dynamics between different players um, and that's helped me a lot I realized like now now that I have all of this information I want to start doing like I want to share what I've learned I want to share my ideas like I think I have enough like background information to not sound like a complete dumbass and like now I need to practice put into practice what I've been learning so I'm building a marketing portfolio and um a study so now I'm like sort of working on designing own strategies and marketing campaigns which I will also be including in um episodes of this podcast like next week's episode will be a tiktok strategy as well as like designing like branding and audience so this entire process and deciding that yes i actually want to do something about the fact that i think that i would be really good at music marketing and deciding i had a lot of like concerns and fears and i want to be a little bit vulnerable because i've been balancing this difficult thing of like you know what if I come across as if I'm like misrepresenting my knowledge and people think I'm trying to act like an expert and I'm clearly not I can back up my ideas and I know that experience professionally is related I'm not like just some weirdo like saying like oh yeah marketing is easy and stuff and like I can do this um match up with my history that I've been getting paid to do and I'm really good at um I've so I've been balancing that fear with well what if I'm too honest about uh not knowing what I'm talking about and people don't take me seriously because of my lack of experience formally within music and marketing uh, to showcase my knowledge and share my vision and find like-minded people who have 
a similar vision for like new business models for musicians and want to work with people who are just as passionate as me about creating path to being financially independent through your music because it's easier to do now than ever and the way that I started like writing all the stuff and doing case studies is because there are artists who are doing it and they're like it's not a secret why some of these artists like started blowing up like or why they've been able like the main dance Gavin dance um Taylor Swift like they're all very calculated and there's a reason that their careers have lasted this long like it is not by accident it's because they're um, through what I think is the formula to have these like very dedicated um, fans that are have given them job security and have really stretched out their career and I think all of those artists are going to um, continue on that path for a while that I've had is what if starting a podcast is a huge mistake because I'm not an eloquent person I hate my voice and what if I totally say the wrong thing and I get or like what if I'm doing a TikTok promo or sharing like my stuff on TikTok and then someone uh starts like duetting me or stitching me and saying that like what I'm saying is like the worst thing ever in the world and I don't know anything and then my reputation that I haven't even like had time to create yet is just like shattered because I said this one stupid thing like how internet seems to not give people a chance to learn um the kind of things that I'm trying to balance and like figure out um people that I want to work with so that if I were them I wouldn't take someone's word for like oh yeah I'm good at this I can do this so really the point of this podcast is to provide evidence and proof my ideas and vision like they are grounded in something and it's not just like me talking out of my ass like I do I'm talking about and I'm just continuing to learn um, about marketing and music in a formal way and I think that in marketing one thing that's really cool about it is that like everyone you have to be continuing to learn and like staying up on trends because if you don't and if you don't know consumer trends, then you're going to put something out that could be received badly because you don't, you're a piece of the puzzle that you're missing. And you have to keep growing, keep learning, and hopefully I will tow this balance between like uh, giving myself room to grow and also like remembering that I do have good ideas and that what I want to do is based in evidence and data and not too much info about me um very much for listening to this if you've listened to all of this podcast that's amazing um does an approach resonate with you um if you're looking for personalized marketing services but do not have the budget for it um getting portfolio um description of this podcast i have a link to my socials you can email or dm me um branding running ads digital strategy social media management i would love to help you with that and we can be a part of each other's stories every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern time. Um, I might podcast if you're interested in hearing that or keeping up with me um, and coming along with me on this journey of helping artists uh, pay the bill with their own music because I think that's a totally possible goal and there are the tools out there to do that.